Well, friends, we are here. It's the beginning of Holy Week. We sometimes refer to this day as Palm Sunday. It's the day Jesus triumphantly uh, entered into Jerusalem and began his journey to the cross. Thank you for being with us throughout this series called From Empty to Full and for celebrating this glorious day. We really are glad that you're here. Be sure to check in for us. We always like to know you're here with us. So if you're on Facebook, or on our streaming platforms and just click check in and you can check in with us. Of course, if you're on the website, it's just right there. Listen, friends, that helps us to know you're with us, but it also helps us to connect with you and to develop those relationships that we really wanna develop with you and for you as we try to help you grow in a relationship with Jesus. So be sure to check in. And remember, if you're on the app, you can, uh, follow along with the message notes, you can engage scripture, you can make donations. There's all kinds of great stuff you can do in that app. So I do hope you'll take full, full advantage of that. Well, we're almost there. You've been fasting for almost 40 days and 40 nights, right? And the feast time has almost arrived and is almost here with us. I just wanna laud you for all that you've been doing throughout this season of Lent. It really has been a journey. It's really been a, a, a journey to help take us from empty to full, to help us remember that we are in this great relationship with Jesus and we're preparing our hearts and our minds for what it means for him to go to the cross, what it means for him to be raised from the dead. So thanks for being a part of that. You know, throughout this whole series, we've had a goal, right? And our goal throughout the whole series is simply this, that we move from emptying ourselves from selfish desires, whatever those were, that's what you've been fasting from, to empty ourselves from these selfish desires so that we can discover the fullness, the richness of God. And it's my prayer that that's been a part of what you're discovering as you've been fasting, whether your fast has been every day or just certain days of the week, whether it's been from food or from media or from behaviors and attitudes, whatever your fast has been, my prayer is that you've been discovering how powerful it is to empty yourself of these desires so that you can become full and rich with the goodness and richness of God. Well, we've got yet another Hebrew scripture today that's gonna guide us. If you've been with us over the last many weeks, you know we've been actually in the Old Testament quite a bit. Uh, we've been in Ezra, we've been in Esther, uh, we've been in the prophet Isaiah. Uh, today, we're gonna be in the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah is one of those unknown minor prophets. You know, we know some of the major prophets sometimes like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel. We don't always know the minor prophets. They're some of those lesser known folks. That's literally why they're referred to as the minor prophets. But Zechariah is one of those that near the end of scripture, it's literally uh, the second to the last book of the Old Testament. And, and Zechariah writes alongside of another guy named Haggai, and those both are writing about Israel and coming back out of the Babylonian captivity, finding freedom with God, helping to rebuild the temple, helping to re-enter into worship. But like every prophet, they have a word to speak on behalf of God. They have a word to share with us that says, this is the way you ought to be doing this. And this is how you ought to be in relationship with God. And so Zechariah is doing that for us. We're gonna read a couple of portions uh, from a couple of chapters throughout Zechariah, who's gonna remind us in particular about fasting. I don't know about you, but I have found it absolutely fascinating over these last many weeks, how these Hebrew scriptures have helped us to better understand Christian fasting and how they connect us with Jesus, but they do. And so I love that. So today we're gonna to start in the seventh chapter of Zechariah, where he's gonna set up for us an understanding of how fasting started uh, for the Hebrews and 
how it's going to change towards the way you and I understand it. So let's read first from Zechariah chapter 7. And, and what he's doing is helping us to understand the purposes behind the fasts. Here, here's what he says. Tell the priests and the people in the land, for 70 years you fasted and cried in the fifth and seventh months. But that was not really for me. And when you ate and drank, it was really for yourselves. The Lord used the earlier prophets to say the same thing. When Jerusalem and the surrounding towns were at peace and wealthy, and people lived in the southern area and the western hills. Well, so it's fascinating. You may have caught on that Zechariah makes this note that you've been fasting for 70 years and you've been sort of crying and lamenting and fasting in the fifth and the seventh months. Well, for most of us, we just kind of see that and go, okay, fifth and seventh month, no big deal. But what we fail to realize is that that literally is referenced way back in the Old Testament about why they would do it. We have to go all the way back to 2 Kings chapter 25. We're not going to read from that today, but I do want to strongly encourage you to find 2 Kings. It's near the front of, of the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 25. For in there, it's going to describe why the fifth and the seventh month were important. And a part of what you'll discover is that uh, Nebuchadnezzar has set siege on Jerusalem. He's a foreign king and he literally destroys Jerusalem. He uh, tears the wall down. He, he killed the people, get so angry, they kill one of the governors that he's left. And so for 70 years, the Israelites have been fasting on the fifth and the seventh month when those things happened. The siege of Jerusalem and the killing of the governor. Then for all these years, they've been fasting and they've been sort of mourning. Uh, they've been sort of lamenting. They've been reflecting in those fifth and seventh month for 70 years, fasting in order to remind them of that despair, to remind them of the problems that they faced, to claim for them this connection with God that's mindfulness, if you will, about how wrong life had been. They fasted in the fifth and seventh month for 70 years. What, De what Zechariah will go on to say there in the seventh chapter is that use that fast to begin to offer justice and mercy and loving kindness for others, much like we discovered from Isaiah last week, if you were with us, that our fasting is designed to help connect us not only with God, but with our neighbors. And so Zechariah is reminding them of that. What becomes fascinating is from chapter 7, where we just read, into chapter 8, which we're about to read, Zechariah begins to remind them of how important it is that we move from that lament to a different kind of fasting. So watch what he says as we move to chapter 8. He says here, Here is another message that came from me, uh, came from me, the Lord of heaven's armies. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. The traditional fasts and times of mourning you have kept in the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months are now ended. They will become festivals of joy and celebration for the people of Judah. So love truth and peace. Okay, so he's still talking fasting, right? He's still talking about uh, some months of the year. He actually adds, if you remember, he, he had already the, seventh, uh, the fifth and the seventh month, but now he's added the fourth and the tenth month. Well, likewise, I'm going to invite you to go back to 2 Kings chapter 25, 
where it continues to sort of identify the troubles that Jerusalem was facing and the fact that the wall was torn down and that there was great tragedy going on. So they moved in Zechariah's time from not only fasting in the fifth and the seventh month, but also adding now the fourth and the tenth month. So they're fasting four months out of the 12 months, right? But listen to what he said. I want you to take your mourning that has been your fast, that lament fast, and I want you to know it's going to turn into joy and a celebration and to recognize that there's something new that's on the horizon. There's something grand that's coming. There's a glorious opportunity. And like many of the prophets, Zechariah is reminding the Israelites, there's hope, friends, and therefore your fast needs to change. And I hope that's what you've been discovering over these last many weeks throughout the season of Lent is that fasting isn't about the, the sort of uh, lamenting or the mourning or the suffering or the sacrifice, but rather it's about this gift of joy and elation. So what we realize that Zechariah teaches us is this, fasting will no longer be about sin or God's wrath or the tragedies that prevailed for them. He, he's telling them, stop making your fast about those things, but rather make your fasting about the celebration of what God will do, because God is about to do an amazing thing through Jerusalem, through Judah and Israel. God's about to transform you. This is the message of Zechariah. And he's trying to bring this hope and this opportunity to remind them that, yes, there has been a season of mourning. There has been a season of your sinful and tragic behaviors. But now there's an opportunity for better, for joy. Look, this gift is this, that we need to know that our fasting goes from abstinence, right? We're, we're going to abstain because we're sorrowful. We're sad. There's been tragedy. Our fasting is going to go from abstinence now to joy. And to celebrate that gift, it's going to go from mourning to celebration. And that's the gift that you and I are celebrating now, friends. That's the gift of the movement that I hope and pray your fasting over these last many weeks has, has brought to you from empty, abstinence, mourning, sadness, into fullness, the fullness of God's joy, the fullness of God's presence. And of course, we know as followers of Christ, that it's because of Him, right? That it's because of the great joy that Jesus brings into our hearts, the great new life, true life that Jesus brings to us through His resurrection. But we've been spending these last many weeks getting to that, emptying ourselves of all those things that prevent us from knowing Christ, from the freedoms that we seek, from the joy that we desire, from the direction that we want, from the strength that we need. And we are almost there, friends. That's what Palm Sunday reminds us of as Jesus comes into Jerusalem and we celebrate His triumphal entry. But it's no ordinary entry, is it? The way Jesus comes, what He brings, and certainly what He has to offer is radically different than anything the, the Jews have ever understood and certainly what we understand. And it's the gift of His coming that makes that possible. Here's the linchpin for Zechariah. So we don't know much about him, right? We certainly had not heard any of this information about fasting before. At least most of us probably haven't. The most famous thing that Zechariah is known for is for what he proclaims in chapter 9. 
some scholars refer to it as an oracle, uh, this powerful word that he proclaims. And in chapter 9, Zechariah is going to acknowledge that there's a new king coming, that there's a new kingdom being brought, that there's a new opportunity. You and I can look back on it and we will know that it's Jesus. But the Jews, the Hebrews, they were uncertain. But what's fascinating is both Matthew's gospel in chapter 21 and John's gospel in chapter 12 quote this very verse from Zechariah chapter 9. And it's the indication that a king is coming. Here's what it says in verse 9. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. That's Jesus. That's the Jesus you and I know. That's the Jesus that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John report are coming into Jerusalem. And Matthew and John's gospel claim this very text from Zechariah, the prophet. And they remind us that this king, this leader, he's different. It's not like the leaders who let you down before. It's not like the circumstances that have all fallen down before you before. He brings a new kingdom and he's different from every other leader that you've ever known. This powerful word from Zechariah helps us to better understand why this day, why Palm Sunday that we now celebrate with our palm fronds and with the shouts of Hosanna and with the glorifying of Jesus. But we've got to know he's a different kind of leader. I mean, think about it with me, if you will. Um, golly, if, if he had been a Roman leader, He'd have come into Jerusalem in one of those fancy chariots with a great stock of stallions leading him on. But Jesus came in on a donkey and a borrowed one at that. If he'd been a political leader, he'd have been surrounded by all kinds of security guards kind of keeping the people at bay. But no, Jesus came in surrounded by his disciples, that ragtag group of folks that came from every known kind of walk of life. And he w rode literally into the crowds of people. If he had been a military leader, man, he'd have become galloping in on his standard steed and he'd have been waving like those military parades at all the crowd at a distance. But Jesus, he came in on a lowly donkey, walking pretty much as slowly as he could, not only waving at the people, but trying to reach out and connect and see the people. Had Jesus been a religious leader of the day? He'd have been all decked out in regalia and robes and surrounded by other stately leaders and sort of protected by all of those from the common people. But Jesus came in connecting immediately with people, never shrinking from reaching out and touching people's lives and hearts and circumstances. See, Jesus, he was a different kind of leader. He leads our lives differently. He calls us to different ways of living. He reminds us that we can be full if only we'll empty ourselves of this other stuff. But it's why our fasting turns from the morning and the uh, uh, emptiness into the 
joy and the fullness because He brings that with Him. I'm mindful today, just like next Sunday, are days unlike any others. But they do begin a a, a series of days, an eight-day cycle from Palm Sunday through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and ultimately to Easter Day. They're altogether different, but they've got to remind us that we've got to be different. Because here's the reality of those eight days back in Jesus's day. The same voices that cried, Hosanna, loud Hosanna. And some of those same voices were the same ones who cried, crucify him, crucify him. The kingly coronation that they were preparing for as he came into Jerusalem, believing he was this newfound king, but he wasn't like any other king. That turned into a crucifixion and a crown of thorns. You see, not only was Jesus different and is he making us different, but he expects different behavior from us. He expects us to be somehow different from the world. We cannot be the same voices who shout Hosanna and crucify. We cannot be those who want him to be king, but only the way we want him to be king. We've got to accept that we will, man, experience all of those emotions. The great joy and elation and celebration of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem as well as the heartache and the sorrow and the sadness of Calvary and his crucifixion. Friends, what we need to claim through our fasting, what we need to recognize is he brings something that's far unique and powerful. It's true life. But we only receive that true life in Christ if we will empty ourselves and claim the gift that he offers. Friends, one last thought I leave with you today is this. The gift of fasting that you've been doing over these last many weeks, the power of that fasting, the gift of that fasting is that it sets us free for greater joy. And that, my friends, is true life. That's the life that Christ brings. That's the gift that he offers. He helps remind us that now that we've been fasting from whatever it is that we've been fasting, we're, we're probably more grateful for whatever that is, whether it's food or media or anything else. We have a greater appreciation for it because it's been absent from our lives. We have the opportunity to know that even when we've emptied ourselves of that thing, it's created space and opportunity for the fullness and the richness of God. Friends, my prayer for you is that these last 40 days have been a way for you to discover true life, have been a way for you to discover the powerful gift of God's love found in Jesus. And that as we welcome him into our hearts again, this day called Palm Sunday, getting ready for the gift of both his crucifixion and his resurrection, that your life will be full and that you will truly know true and abundant and full life. Thanks be to God that we have that powerful gift found in Christ because we've been able to make room for him and allow him to come in. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, thank you for the powerful gift of Christ, the way in which Zechariah reminded us of how powerful fasting can be, 
how it turns our mourning into joy, how it turns our sadness into celebration, and how it helps us to make room for this mighty King who, humble as He was, brought the most powerful gift of life. It's called love. So God, we give you thanks for the humble King who brought love and abundance into the world. God, this is our prayer, and we pray it in the name of Jesus, whom we know to be the Christ. Amen. Friends, let me just thank you for your amazing generosity. Every single week, I continue to be amazed and astounded at the powerful ways you are helping to transform hearts and lives because of your generosity. Please remember, you can always give today, tomorrow, or next week by texting the letters TMUMC to the number 45777, or you can always, of course, go to our website, tmumc.org give, where you can give today or you can schedule your giving. Thank you for all that you do.